0: Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be here for this episode with Karina Reichman the human tornado of amazing awesome and fun energy. Uh if you're here for the first time to listen to Karina here on Roadcase, I'm so happy to have you and welcome to the Roadcase community. If you are a regular and or long-time listener to Roadcase, so psyched to have you back for this one and thanks for being along for this ride. There's a number of different ways that you can get involved with the Roadcase community, as I like to remind everybody on every episode. Uh, a great way to do that is to follow us on the socials. Really helps out the show. Uh, we are at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find out more information about Roadcase by visiting our website www.roadcasepod.com. Another great way to get involved with the roadcase community is to shoot us an email with your questions, comments, concerns. Our email is info at roadcasepod.com another great way to support road case is to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. If you're on Spotify, that little box that says follow, just hit that thing. Uh, If you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a check mark up on the upper right hand corner. If you click that, uh, by doing so on those platforms and any other platform, you will receive updates when new episodes come live. And also, uh, getting subscribers on the streaming platforms really helps out road case. Another great way to support road case is to rate and review this podcast. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, for example, you just scroll down a little bit, hit a bunch of stars, and you can write. A nice review really helps out the show. So I'm really happy to have Karina Reichman. Like I said, she is an absolute uh, vortex of energy and tornado of energy, pushing it out into the universe. I just, I love her so much. Uh, She was so fun to talk to. She is New York City born and raised, just an absolute... Uh, super lover of music and the business of music as well. Uh, She's played in tons of bands coming up in New York city and just kind of live the life of a music fan as a, uh, as a student and uh, coming up in high school, she went to NYU to study. Uh, She designed her own independent study there in music business and creation. Uh, She, started playing in Marco Benevento's band in 2016. She replaced Dave Drywitz, who's with Ween and J-Rad, as many of you know. Uh, She now has her own new material um, <clears throat> several different singles out and the tons of amazing videos for her own band which she operates under her own name Karina Reichman uh, just fun vibey jazzy funky jammy uh, just super fun stuff she just has an amazing energy and love for everything music I just love it this was a total blast and her first album coming out uh, she actually uh, hadn't talked about it but she told me that uh, and you'll hear on the show uh, this new album's coming out the end of this year, possibly into 2023. Uh, There'll be a couple singles on there, Plants and Elevators that she released in Elevator that she released in 2019. She's also super psyched to be playing Red Rocks uh, the day after the publication of this episode. So in other words, May 26, she's opening at Red Rocks for California Honey Drops. And the infamous string dusters. that is both her first time to visit Red Rocks as well as playing there, which is absolutely staggering. And she's so super psyched about that. I'm psyched for her and I'm psyched for all of you to listen to this really great conversation I had with Karina. Thanks again for being here for this episode. And I want to send a really special thank you to the awesome Karina Reichman for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. Hey Karina, thanks for being on Roadcase. So happy to see your happy, smiling, awesome, energetic face. How are you doing today?
1: i'm so well josh thank you so much for having me this is a blast i'm thrilled to uh thrilled to chop it up with you
0: right on let's do that it's such a pleasure to have you and um your energy is just infectious like i'm like it's three o'clock in the afternoon on a friday i'm like oh well at least i get to talk to karina because she's like gonna lift me up and we're gonna we're gonna do this thing it's Um, a beautiful
1: thing thank you thank you yeah yeah so where
0: where are you at you're in some like I don't know, prison cell room with, I don't know where.
1: Prison cell, yeah, totally. You know, my bedroom. We got, got, you know, I sleep underneath these axes. I did see those
0: guitars in the background. I just saw, like, we we have
1: the the mounted television and some some art and uh you know a pretty uh you know yeah i'm in manhattan in my in my bedroom
0: yeah (laughs) clearly you don't live in california because you wouldn't put those guitars over hanging over your head in bed right yeah it's true
1: i've never experienced an earthquake i'm still i'm waiting for my first earthquake i i don't know what a sister has to do to get a quake around here man
0: no no not not in new york but in uh Uh, you do not want to be in an earthquake (laughs) no i
1: know i know it's crazy right i I, I, yeah Yeah. that's one thing i've avoided on the east coast but uh yeah it gets serious out there it gets serious out there well
0: my kids you know i live in chicago i got three kids and uh okay so one i was out in california at one time and just like one happened at 5 a.m in the morning when we were at my friend's house So at least one of my kids like knows like, and it was, it's scary. It's scary for anyone out there who has not Uh, experienced like, whoa, Whoa. (laughs) like what I can only imagine. (laughs) 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 So, uh, gosh, you're just doing so many incredible things, and I want to talk about all of them with you. Um, where do we start first? Like, you're a New York kid. You love New York City. Like, uh, there are few people and artists that I speak to that are like truly steeped in the New York scene, um, and you've been in it, going to like Almond Brothers shows as a kid, and just living like the New York amazing. Uh, life of musical opportunities and everything so what's kind of the one thing that you, you mean, you're still living there like and yeah um growing up I mean to to say like how was that instrumental I mean you were going to shows you lived that life um tell me a little bit about how that sort of drives who you are still today
1: Oh, with great pleasure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a born and bred New Yorker, you know, never leaving. I'm a lifer for this shit. I'm, a, the, you know, New York's biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even uh, even through all of the changes and ridiculous, you know, corporate bullshit that goes on here, I still like just to be able to step out of, you know, my apartment and, and walk into just sheer energy Mm -hmm. is Mm. is everything to me i don't like i don't like rural i don't like suburbia i don't like this is my house this is your house this is my car this is your car (laughs) i like the great even playing field playground that is the city when i step out you know you're walking next to the richest person the poorest person the this you know and it doesn't fucking matter you know we're just there soaking in the vibrations of the city i'm a huge fan i uh to be, to be born and bred here obviously is, is, uh, I learned later in life is a specific thing, you know, <laughs> like oh, when yeah, I went right, to, right, yeah. I didn't realize, you know, cause you go to school with other kids who were also yeah. born and raised here. So you're just like, this is yeah. normal. It's just life.
0: Um, oh, you mean every then, city isn't like this, right? Well, <laughs> that kind you know, of thing? or just, yeah. no,
1: not even just like that people aren't from here, you know, <laughs> yeah. or that people think it's unique to be from Manhattan. Like everybody's like, wait, you're actually from there. I'm like, oh yeah, right, totally. Right. Um, and so, you know, I went to NYU and then you meet people from elsewhere and all that stuff. And, uh, and they think it's, you know, uh, a unique quality and whatever, yeah. which I, which I guess it is. And, I mean, the energy of the city informs absolutely everything that is intrinsically me, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm literally, Mm -hmm. I'm so just kind of a, you know, jubilant, vibrating person just in general, you know what I mean? I love, I'm obsessed with just happenstance run-ins and like... You know, just I, I love walking down Sixth Avenue, blasting Ride the Lightning. Like I like, you know, just whatever it is. And I, I, there's, there's something about it that just, you know, you. I, I know some people feel very alone here in that way because you're so anonymous, in mm. such, and you know, where you walk down the street and you're just, yeah, Joe Blow. It doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Right, but right, to right. me, I don't know. I, I never feel alone here. I feel surrounded by my fellow New Yorkers all the time, and it's just. uh you know, when I get home from tour, I'm always so happy to be here for a spell, however yeah. long it might be, and just, like, do just my bullshit, whatever it is, even if I'm, you know, doing the most mundane grocery store, uh, getting a meal, just walking around aimlessly listening to music, it's it's absolutely everything to me. And there's just, always yeah.
0: something, yeah, there's always something going on, I relate. I lived in New right? York for 11 years, I went to oh, grad school at NYU, so we're nice. fellow... Alumni, I guess. My go vi- go NYU violets. Like, go something. Know. Yeah, do yeah,
1: we have whatever that? They are, I, don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: no one does the went to NYU. No one it's like I it's have great. no idea. There was a lot of purple color. I think the team I don't know. Totally. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was like to be an undergrad there, but I can't imagine it was much different than than what I did. I did graduate school there, but um, and you did an interesting independent study there. Can you um, can you tell me a little bit about that? From it was like a, a music business. Business, independent study. It's super interesting.
1: Totally. Well, I, I went to the school, uh, it's called Gallatin, which is the school of yeah. individualized study, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a very yeah. small program. And it's, it's, you know, really, I, I don't think I, I could have stood any other undergrad program, because I was so concerned with my quote-unquote, professional life and mm. not concerned about having a regular college career, quote-unquote, at all, you yeah. know. So for me, Gallatin fosters all that because they allow kids to create their own majors and supplement all of that with the exactly the classes throughout NYU, like all the schools that would best suit you, you know. Yeah. So I took classes, you know, all around. But other than that, they also allow you to get credit for internships and independent studies and – All these things where, you know, you can – if you're a self-motivated kid, like I certainly was and knew exactly Mm -hmm. what I wanted and had no time for regular curriculum and, you know, I didn't want to read uh, The Odyssey again, you know what I mean? I I was just like, let's cut to the chase here. And, like, you know, I I basically – mine was called – Oh man. It, oh, what was it invention called? And invention
0: and distribution in contemporary and di- music. If oh, I may. If I you may. You are so
1: good. You are so Not good. Not that I did Josh. any
0: research or anything like that. Look
1: at you. Look at you. Yeah. Invention and distribution in contemporary music. Well played, Josh. That was it. And that <laughs> that was basically my attempt at encapsulating, you know, the, you know, invention was the creative side, the music, right? Yeah. And yeah, distribution yeah. being the business side. Cause mm-hmm. I was working in the music business at the time as a promoter and, uh, the general manager of a company called rocks off mm-hmm. that put, um, you know, shows on boats that went around Manhattan for three hours. That was like the flagship event was the, uh, nice. the, the concert cruise, but also put plenty of shows in clubs all around the city and whatnot. And so I was doing that all throughout college and like you know, with, with great gusto, you know what I mean? I was like wildly in it to win it with that. And, you know, assumed that I, you know, after that would go on to work for the Bowery Presents or Ticketmaster or Live Nation or like, you know, I assumed I would just continue to be a chick in the music business, but, (laughs) but uh, the music had other plans for me and thank God it did. (laughs)
0: Well, were you more into music at that time or, or business? Had you been playing? Like how early did you start playing?
1: I was, I started playing at like 12, 13, or I picked Mm -hmm. up a guitar at 12, 13. No, Mm -hmm. I was, I was wildly playing at that time. I was in five bands going nowhere. I was playing around the clock, like, but there was no sort of clear path forward, if you will. Like there was no, I wasn't in any band that was like, oh yeah, this, people have eyes on this. This is like, there could be a career here. You know what I mean? It was just very much just like, which is all good because that's, you know music i've been thinking about this a lot cuz you know you sort of see friends who who i grew up with playing that stop playing and then they go and pivot into other things which is so all good because you know there's talk about formula there's no formula for this you don't you could go to school for this and you know study music up the wazoo and then never be given a look at, you know to be given any sort of shot of doing it professionally you know what i mean there's no yeah there's no road map for this and there's no textbook for this. And it's, there's so much intangible shit that has to happen to you to make a career out of this, you know? And like, uh, it's, it's a very, very, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously talent, but luck and who, you know, and where are you at the time and who see like all of these very intangible things. Can
0: you assign, Um, do you think you can assign like percentages to each one of those elements? (laughs) like as, as a general rule is it like more luck is it more talent is it more being in the right place at the right time i guess that's sort of oh. a part of luck is it is it just hard sure. work and perseverance there's kind of all of those things or
1: well i feel like even if you have all of those things it still doesn't amount to shit sometimes you know what mm, i mean yeah. like you can be the most charismatic virtuosic whatever person who knows all the right people and it's Still won't matter, you know what I mean? that's
0: just brutal. Yeah,
1: it is. You know, it's and it's just part of it's part of why you know this is such a it's such a bizarre and and you know misunderstood lifestyle. You know what I mean? And like to Mm -hmm. be a professional musician and to tour and to to sort of do this thing and but that's why to me there's so much magic in it because. You can't go to school for this shit. You can't take a course for this shit. You can't read a textbook about this. Like, you know, you can read accounts from people who have done it and got lucky and worked their asses off and have incredible yeah. stories to tell, but it's it's there's magic in it because there are no guarantees here. Never is there a guarantee that you're going to be able to sustain yourself off of playing music, you know? Right, and then right. What do you Some, think is the
0: most what do you think is the most misunderstood thing you mentioned that would t- you thought it was misunderstood general
1: It's I find that it's misunderstood in the sense that you know people have all sorts of assumptions about you know what my life is like and what you know Mick Jagger's life is like and what you know Trina Anastasio's life is like or whoever you know and you sort of I don't know like even my my dental hygienist is like so your life is like the dirt, right? Like and serious, like she's like your your life is like the Motley Crue book. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, sister, no, my life is nothing like the Motley Crue. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, you know, I don't. It, I find it misunderstood in the sense that like you know, you're either you're you're working, 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 touring, 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 like whatever it might be, and then like you come home, and let's say you have a week, two weeks, three weeks no shows, like whatever, and then you're just sort of like you know, it's, it's difficult to structure one's days sometimes, you know, and you don't have a day sheet or a load in a sound check, like, you know, and if you're not in the studio, like actively working on music every second that you're home. So then you have this weird sort of paradoxical kind of life going on where you're on the road and, you know, doing that and then you're home and you're by definition not doing that, you know? So Mm. I think, uh, I don't know, people like to project their sort of
0: so it's kind of like that romanticized notion that you think that that the general person who's not in the business has about what it takes and what you are and what it represents and what the actual lifestyle is.
1: Sure, all of those things. And also just like, you know, the if you like are if you come back from a thing like that, right? Like like I was away for the month of March touring, you know, relentlessly and whatever and then I came back and uh-huh. like You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm sleeping past noon for a few days after that, just trying to get my, you know, my rest, my life, my head back. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And all that stuff. But if you're like a person who like, doesn't, you know, you didn't see all the travel, all the hustle, all the playing, the long drives, the late nights, the early mornings, you know, and then. And, and then you're, I'm just like some fucking bum sleeping till noon and like walking to get a juice and then being like, Oh, I, what, you know, now what, you know what I mean? Like you can, I don't know. It's like, it's like, who is this person when they're home versus who is this person when they're out? You know, it's like,
0: yeah, not only that, I talked to a lot of artists and about mental health and, um, especially Dave schools I'd spoke with and he Draw some great analogies. Just about being home can be more difficult sometimes. You know that sort of downshift of people just uh, touring artists sitting at their in front of their tea. It's five p.m. It's soundcheck time. No, it's not exactly you know, so that no. That's... Re- that that also can be mentally taxing. Like you know, oh get your yeah, brain and it wrapped, takes it takes the, a while to adjust. You
1: know, yeah, you adjust yeah, yeah, to yeah. tour life and then you adjust to home life. And both things take a minute, you know what I mean, to like For get sure. yourself there and immersed in that, and then get yourself there in terms of home. Like, yeah. Dave, like Dave said, he's totally right about that. It's uh, it's interesting. It's it's really interesting. And if you, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it, but there were some years there where I was not good at it, and then like suddenly you're home, and you're just like, like I miss that, you know, I miss the camaraderie. I miss the schedule. I miss the structure. I miss my best friends, you know, like, and then you're just like, oh shit, you know, wow. All right. Now time to adjust to these best friends and like this life and you know, this lack thereof of structure or, you know, I, I, I've gotten much better at like, um, imposing structure kind of upon myself when I'm home a little bit in terms of like, oh shit, like I have a free week. That means I need to be in the studio this day, this day, this day, and this day. And I need to see X people for X reasons and like, do, you know, just kind of schedule your, your little life.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, I, I guess you take the energy that you have on the road when you're playing and doing all those other commitments when you're out there and you apply that when you get back home, you know, I, I, um, You've been in music business. You enjoyed that portion. We started talking about you working as a promoter. Um, so you sort of straddle both worlds. And we talked a little bit about the, the NYU thesis. I'd like to come back to that. Um, when did you start working for the promoter? Uh, I, started
1: for, I started working for Rock Off like a month before my freshman year at NYU. So literally okay. the summer between high school and college is uh-huh. when I, I started interning and then I think by mid first semester of NYU I think I I had a salary like I was good to go you know and then oh, wow. every year sort of increased 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 but I did that job well into my proper touring career I did that job up until I quit in February 2020 mm-hmm. which is hilarious cuz the pandemic would have made me quit anyway <laughs> in a month basically but right. that right then was sort of just like you know it was a little bit like, don't quit your day job till your night job starts paying. And my night yeah, job right. job kind of started like, yeah. it was paying long before I quit, but I was sort of, I'm not, I'm sort of that guy, you know, I love to like wear the multiple hats and be very busy and like doing all kinds of shit. And I, I, I loved it, you know, but it got to be too much towards the end there for sure. And I was like, ah, yeah, uh, yeah. there's, and people were like, you still do that? How are you still doing that? I'm like, I love doing it, but you're totally right it's taking a lot of focus away from the the creative side that, you know, I deserve that it it deserved to be fostered at that time. Yeah. And yeah. So you if,
0: if you, you started you started with rocks off when you were a freshman uh, mm-hmm. or just before you started at NYU, what were the other elements that gave you the idea to go do this independent study, which included essentially promotion and creation like you were clearly wanting to straddle both of those worlds.
1: Sure. Well, I went in knowing I would, you know, basically do that. I I interned for Relics Magazine when I was 16 in high school and I interned at uh, Vector Management slash 710 Records when I was also I, that like basically like summer between 10th and 11th grade. I guess that was actually vector management. And then, you know, summer between 11th and 12th grade was Relics. Mm. And then Rocks Off was the following summer. I was always just wanting to start early and, like, get my hands dirty. You know, I really just was like, put me in coach from a a rather young age, you know. And so it... To me, like at the at that time, you know, when I like dove deep into the Gallatin, you know, school of individualized study and whatnot, and, cr- and created that—that—that that, that was already a reflection of my life at the time, mm. even if it was in its formative stages. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, you yeah. know, the 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 creative and the business side, like that, those were. I have a very tough time, you know, extricating myself from what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm not a person who's going to study basket weaving and and. Have never touched a basket. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know I think some people go and study things that they're just like, uh, I think it'll be cool Like I don't know, you know, Totally. did like, you finish? I, the,
0: did, did you actually finish the thesis and finish that? Oh, yeah and get a, I get finished I
1: graduated on time and with honors and did the whole right thing on, and I was right totally awesome. yeah no, I I did it in four years and totally was on tour quite a bit of that time, and I was working that job all the time, and
0: right, right. you
1: know. So I, when you uh, talked, yeah.
0: when before you were talking about, it, you're not really like, what is the actual secret sauce? What is that that there is no real roadmap or guidebook to being successful in the music business? What did you learn through? working as an intern while you were at school while you were also playing um did you find there was a particular road for you or was it still kind of just keep playing keep at it do what you were doing and just it still is organic despite the level of academic study that you might apply to that not saying that the nyu degree was an end you know a means to an end like you were going to figure it out but what was kind of uncovered about the business when you sort of had your feet in both worlds? Well,
1: it's a great question. I think, and I, I think I like your, your use of the phrase means to an end, because I think what I discovered long ago and what I continue to keep discovering and what, mm-hmm. you know, reveals itself to me more and more every day is that, you know, uh, that there, there are no means to an end. And, and what end are we even talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> to me, to me, it's <laughs> literally, if so you don't it one enjoy more
0: philosophical step, Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) Always, always. No, to me, it's about if you don't enjoy the process. I just enjoy the process so much. I enjoy Mm. the creating of the music. I enjoy the hanging out with the musicians, Mm. my bandmates and and otherwise, you know, I that's the stuff that gets me going. You know what I mean? And of course, I I'm like a junkie for this shit in the in the most intense what like to me? It's like how long can you stay at the blackjack table? Meaning, how long can I keep performing for live for people in whatever way, shape, or form that will continue to be? And you know, it's it's less of like I've never been like oh my god, like this is a benchmark of success to me, or this is a benchmark of success to me ever. Mm. I don't care about that. I just want to keep playing. Mm. I want to like for. A long time, you know, and yeah, of course, yeah. we'll see what that all <laughs> looks like. But, uh, but yeah, no, to me, it's, it's, I, what I learned, what I learned is that the people I liked working for the company, working for Roxanne, the people I like hanging out with, you know, musicians that I know from being musicians and whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. It, just, you know, <laughs> You like, it's very simple. You like nice people. You like funny people. You like people who are good to you and are good to others and are, you know, focused on their craft and, you know, are pleasant to be around. You know, to me, it sounds simple, but and of course, just being nice doesn't guarantee you that you'll be able to stay at that blackjack table. But man, it doesn't hurt doesn't hurt one bit and well especially if you like
0: playing blackjack you know which oh, is dang. clearly what you like to do
1: <laughs> yes yes sir yes sir
0: which, i'm an expert at losing money at blackjack so i don't exactly know how i do that but if i could just do the opposite of what i do i don't know i don't i'm not much of a gambler or anything like
1: oh, that it's a game of, it's a game of luck and chance uh, we just exactly. we just don't
0: know. you're dealing with the oh, cards man. you're dealt
1: amen, amen. yeah
0: um, so you started playing in Marco Benevento's band in 2016. Um, Correct. how much of that is, how much of your playing, you seem to show up with so many performers and your opening and you're playing here and you're playing the today show and you're playing Howard Stern and, uh, America's got talent. You are like everywhere. And so you are really doing that. I can like you're getting out there and you're just playing and you're doing what you want to do. Um tell me a little bit about the experience of connecting with Marco and um playing in that band. How was that formative for you?
1: That well that was the the gig that changed my life, you know. And mm-hmm. I talk about being in that yeah, I I was really playing in five bands that didn't have much of a clear path forward before then, but one person that I knew very well and who took on a very deep, uh, mentorship role with me was Dave drywitz from ween and now mm. J And at the time he, when Ween broke up, he toured with Marco for four years. And so Dave, who I'd known since I was like 16, you know, uh, was, was the, the, the reason that I got the Marco gig and basically insisted to Marco, like when Ween came back and he got too busy, He was like, there's only one person I want to fill in for me, and it's Karina. And Marco and I knew each other, but he'd never heard me play a note. This is all on the goodwill of Mr. Dave Drywitz. And Mm. Marco, bless his heart, was just like, hell yeah, I love Karina. Let's give her a shot, you know? And then, you know, what was uh, a very... that And that, you know, to tie it all together, that all transpired my last semester of NYU. So I'm writing the thesis, and I'm working the job, and I'm doing... You know, I still so crazy. many things going on absolutely yeah. crazy and then i i learned 40 marco Benevento songs at the same time you know and i just i eat i ate i slept and i breathed marco's music which i happen to love um yeah i think he's a, an absolute genius and brilliant at what he does and mm-hmm. virtuoso virtuoso totally. beyond virtuoso so you know it it meant the world to me then and it means the world to me now and, and that was the gig that you know that made people know that I existed. You know what I mean? Like that was that that sort of. I don't want to use the word put me on the map because like what map and who and what, but like right. it proverbially put me on some sort of map and some sort of trajectory and some sort of like world that I could exist in. And I am so I owe him and I owe Drywood's the the world for giving me a shot. Yeah, and it's yeah. still unbelievable that i had to fill and continue to fill the extremely large shoes of my mentor you know and it's shocking it's all just shocking
0: yeah yeah and and then you're you're in a trio as well now is that was that sort of instrumental to you and like how how, to, how was the kind of the musical development being with Min Marco's band how did that sort of inform what your your current direction is
1: Sure. Well, you know, you know, what's interesting about the trio format in general, and especially being a bass player and in a trio format and whatever, and with Marco's music, Marco writes, you know, incredible music, but with a lot of sometimes, you know, I I have to fill a lot of sonic space a lot of the time, which I love, you know, because I can be, I can be a busy Bass player.
0: I like it. I uh, love it. I love it. I
1: like it too. I like it too. Um, it's not for everybody, but fucking shit. It's definitely for me. Um, yeah. so, you know, in Marco's band that, that gave me sort of a, a, a great like playing field to explore musically. So I could just be like, all right, I'm, not, you know, the bombastic, bass player who like does a lot of crazy fuzz shit and like plays power chords and like, you know, right. kind of fills a lot of space and whatnot. And so I think that 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 experience of being in a power trio definitely like when you know, I actually don't know if I've ever- profoundly reflected upon this before so thank you for making me think yeah, <laughs> about the no past. problem that's what i'm
0: here for yeah
1: i'm usually so yeah. focused on the today and the future that i that i don't really think much about the
0: past yeah feel <laughs> free to just relax you. kick back we can downshift and think talk about the past and reminisce a little bit
1: perfect anything you want you lead me there <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to talk all but right, no all bullshit aside i uh i i think that sort of it, it kind of bodes well for being both a front woman, if you know what I mean, and a bass player at the mm. same time, you know, yeah. a female Getty Lee, if you will.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: because you with know with a deeper voice. It, with a deeper voice.
0: What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's great. Nothing wrong with what that. About, yeah, what yeah, about
1: yeah. the voice of Getty Lee? How did it get so high? yeah, um, yeah dude. No, totally, totally. Um yeah. So, so yeah. I so know, the power
0: it, trio element. Well, that makes a lot of sense because, like, I don't see you sitting off to the side just thumping bass lines. I mean, I've seen you play in that format. Sure. But at, with your own vehicle, you being up in front, that 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 fucking makes sense to me. So that's Thanks, it, that, that's That's really interesting. Yeah.
1: It's cool. Yeah. Now that I actually, if you examine the two, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thought. Yeah. That sort of emboldened me as, like, you know, being right up front. Being busy on my instrument, taking yeah. fucking fuzz bass solos, getting up right in on. everybody's face, running around like Marco Marco's band informed a lot of that. I got to say,
0: you know, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you the bass player, the type of bass player you are today because of those experiences? I mean, 100%. that sounds <clears throat> that's like an easy answer. Maybe that's an easy question, but it is sort of very profound in the sense of um, your personality, like I was just saying, seems to fit with you being an upfront in the up in front bass player in a power trio, for example, not just standing back and letting someone else kind of sing or take the spotlight. Like you're comfortable in that, in that area. Perhaps that's why you fell in with the Marco uh, project so well. Um, But is it really one in the same? Is it, are you that player because of your experiences with Marco or were you that player before that experience? and it just sort of enhanced what you would all, what or and it just became kind of an organic progression because you were already that person and player.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I think <laughs> the, the the last the last sentence you said very important person and player, right? Yeah. And they are both intrinsically linked and and both not intrinsically linked. And I think I certainly became the player post mm. mm-hmm. Marco or in Marco. But I was always the person, if that makes sense. I yeah, yeah. I've always been, you know, I, I'm much more of of like a you know lively, you know, my my desire to entertain and to spread, you know, like a jubilant yeah. vibe and joy, Love and joy goes. Man, for sure. That's that's just so baked into my DNA. And like you know, when I was like three years old, like literally like in in the elevator in my apartment building and in taxi cabs, that was like. <laughs> Karina is on stage, no one is safe, I'm like doing a routine for the cab drivers, I'm doing a routine for everybody in the elevator, this is yeah. like, this goes back to like, what, why is New York made, like, why has New York made me who I am, like, the, but it's also, I think that was baked into my DNA, regardless of where I was yeah, born, sure. you know what I mean, but I All just the had the doorman on your block
0: knew who you were, for sure.
1: Oh, my God, did they ever? <laughs> Holy shit. There is, she, I was the girl, you know, skateboarding with 12 boys from my building behind me trying to keep <laughs> up, you know, yeah. and being absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, no. So, so you know, I, I think of myself much more of, like, as, you know, an entertainer than a virtuosic musician, you know. And I learned so much musically from Marco and from being in that band and all that stuff um, that... I think now the two have sort of started to meet in the middle, like you say. So, like, the person, the player, blah, 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 it all kind of makes sense. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm much more comfortable front and center than I am, you know, holding down the groove in the back.
0: Right. You know, not that I can't do that. I can
1: totally do that. But, like –
0: well you do that up front and then you get to express exactly. your personality as well through your through your own musical vehicle which is wonderful and beautiful and i think everyone does that that's not to take away from the bass players that are just kind of traditionally just being back there holding totally. it down no for sure everyone has their own personality and you just have to figure out a way to bring that in. and and yours is just so open yeah. and out front and energetic that it just all fits it's really it's really fucking amazing i Thanks, love it man. i love it so how much does um you're a woman <laughs> in Correct. music, yeah, right. I mean, right, okay. Uh, in music, in the jam band community, um, how much does that mean to you? And how do you do? You feel that you're a role model for other women that are looking at you, that you're up on stage, etc. Like, what does that mean to you? And how does it uh, have an impact on you?
1: Uh, great, great question. I mean, you know, yeah, there were we're definitely few and far between. Which, mm. you know, doesn't take a, a genius to see. So like, yeah. I've always been aware of that fact while certainly never being bogged down by that fact. If that makes sense. Like, I've yeah, always. Clearly not, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, yeah, I've yeah. never been like, Oh my God. But, but I'm a woman. How can I do this? I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm me mm. and I, yes, mm-hmm. I'm a fucking woman and I do my thing, you know, and like, I, I never thought of myself as a role model. And I don't th- actively think of myself as a role model, except, you know, I like sell my own merch at my shows. Like I literally like, <laughs> put the base down and run to the merch table and like, just like start selling and yeah. whatever. So like, that's an opportunity when, when people, so many women tell me that seeing me be, you know, the most true version of myself inspires them to be the most true version of yeah. themselves you know in any like, field yeah in any field and that i again that's like fantastic. i would have never conceptualized myself as such you know what i mean like it's, i'm mm-hmm. not like i don't go up there and think that i'm like carrying a torch for all women you know but yeah. people tell me really kind of moving things like that and of course it affects me and i think that's incredible and if i can be that person to anyone male female or otherwise i think that's incredible and i think what I want more than anything is for people to have an excellent time and be just so comfortable with themselves that they can share in this proverbial groove that I lay down, you know? And Yeah,
0: totally, totally. So when you were growing thing. up and just following bass players, I mean, you're following, there, there's a couple significant ones. I mean, Tina Weymouth, Kathy Valentine, et cetera, um, uh, you know, Talking Heads, Go-Go's. Um, I'm sure there, uh, there's a, there's a ton of others, but predominantly in classic rock or funk, there's predominantly male bass players. When you were a kid growing up and looking at that, were you looking for female bass players in particular that you could possibly relate to more on, on, on some level? Or what did that look like for you as a young girl growing up playing bass?
1: You know, for me, I, I obviously I love Tina and I think Tina amazing. And and so, you know, my whole life I get, you know, people be like, hey, Katrina, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of Tina Weymouth. You know who I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know who you're talking about, <laughs> which is obviously very flattering. And I jest, I jest. It's all it's amazing to have any comparison drawn to her because she's incredible and she's in like one of the greatest bands of all time on totally. this planet so yeah. i'm so here for it but no i mean i really i i in terms of bass players i was never like oh my god like i gotta find the women who do this i you know kira from black flag real mm-hmm. obviously awesome carol Kaye uh played on every record fucking ever and she's absolutely amazing and you know Definitely worth a mention, but I was into Geezer Butler and, like, Cliff Burton and Les Claypool and Mike Gordon and Phil Lesh and Bootsy Collins and Getty Lee. And yeah. to me, I don't know, that's why music being kind of I, – I, I think of myself as a universalist in the sense of – man white man woman black white like it it, we're playing music here and that's why music is the most inclusive thing you know and or can be and should be you know because me the 12 year old you know white blonde girl from new york i'm i'm listening to bootsy being like this is the truth because it fucking is you know and like i it's and we're all kind of it, it to rally around music as such it That's why music is the best, man. We all, if you can play, you can play. And it's a communal thing and it's a universal thing. And a groove is a groove, you know? I don't know. To me, I certainly wasn't looking for people who looked like me to connect to them. I wasn't looking for people my age, my sex, my color. It didn't matter. Like, to me, I I heard something and you're like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, totally. Although there are people in your audience that are looking at you for that or feel the need and desire to mention it to you when they come up to meet you, you know?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Which is, by the way, all excellent. It's yeah. all good. And like, I think, you know, people, people are people, we have different ways of relating to each other and the world and the music and the figureheads and the, you know, all of this stuff to me, to me, I have much more of just like, a, I don't know if it's, if it's sonically pleasing and like, I, I'm here for it. Like, and I was, I was looking for things that sonically moved me. You know, totally. And you know, and, a- and
0: like the jam band community can be kind of a little dude predominant, uh, not sure. only from a musician side, but from a crowd side as well. Do you see more women at your shows or what have you kind of seen? Have you seen that developing a little bit and what you see when you look out there?
1: I see both. I definitely see both. A lot of yeah. dudes though. There's definitely a lot of dudes. It's kind of, you're, you're right. It's uh it's a jam bandy, it's a jam bandy thing, but, uh, you, you definitely see both. And I get, I, I, like you say, I'm so, I'm so grateful for the women who come up and tell me all these, all of these things, you know, that like my playing means something to them or my presence or whatever it might be like, that's, that's so cool. And like, I'm not diminishing that for a second. I think that's mm. absolutely incredible. Um, you see both. You definitely see both. It, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see where it trends in the next few years. You know, I really, it would be amazing to get younger people more women, more young girls, picking them all up, uh, you know, picking up instruments and, and jamming, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, that makes me think of the new album that you've got coming up. And you've been slowly releasing singles. I'm assuming that some of those are going to be on the album. Although two of they've them. Been around Some of two of them, the more recent ones, the Arbitrary and No Occasion.
1: Actually, no. I will divulge right here.
0: Oh, okay. So all of your listeners, news. the
1: two, yeah, this is breaking. This is hot stuff. This is hot goss. Uh, <clears throat> the two, the two that make the album are plants and elevator.
0: Ah, okay. All right.
1: So actually, the first two. Actually, the first two. Um, well, I love then, the video
0: of no occasion, and I was going to oh, mention yes. just that. <clears throat> it's that I, I, I love your. I love that material. I love your own this, this, I guess you're calling it solo. You're going out as Karina Reichman, right? Um, So solo project, et cetera. There's, you know, you have band members obviously, but it's like, it's pop-like, it's fun, it's jammy, it's psychedelic. And I kind of think it like it's, Bringing jam band vibe into like a younger modern kind of hipper lane I, I really not hipper, but that's sort of judgmental, but I mean hip lane, you know, it's like um, I, I, I love that, you know, if you're talking about bringing new people to the jam band community um, Not necessarily that that's your motive. Your motive is just to, to, to turn people on to great tunes that you love playing and that that's that's the vibe but I, I really I really do I, I love that and it's and it's exciting
1: I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. That's all just so, that's resonating with me right now, Josh. It's so right on, true. And that's right all, on, yeah. that's what I want, you know? And I want, I am I am so grateful for the jam scene and everything. Like, the, you know, the jam folk, the jam folk have the widest ears. I really find that. You can get heavy totally. on them. You can get jazzy on them. I can get poppy on it, like whatever it might be. And they're they're there with me, which is unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, but and that's not the write. rap that they have, you know, that's the rap, yeah. the, the rap that they have. Like if you like, oh, I listen to jam bands, you know, that's like it's the rap from outside because I'm in told all kinds of different lanes, you know, and so sure. I'm talking like the indie lane and pop lane, jazz lane, just by virtue of what I do. Um, so, you know, I talked to a lot of fans, different fan bases going to shows. It's like jam bands and they're like, Oh, yeah. Okay. You get stuck listening to this one thing. Look at a bill from a jam band fest. Look at what Bill Graham did in the sixties and seventies, bringing new music to those kind of ears. Um, that tradition lives on. So I, 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 I I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, you know, jam band, they're, they're open to all kinds of different sounds.
1: It, it's really an amazing thing, and it's it's fantastic for me. Who you know, I'm so eclectic in my tastes, like to a fault, to a you know i i wish i were more narrow-minded when it came to all this but i love you know <laughs> the heaviest I say the same thing about myself like, right jesus yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. there's only so many hours of the day for me to listen to all this I music know, i'm right. trying to Stop listen listening to. Listening
0: to all this new music <sighs> that comes out i'm like it's friday and like oh yeah. <laughs> there's this there's new kevin morby out today and like oh exactly oh my awesome. god i'm so
1: excited this is a this is a photograph we gotta listen to it i'm so excited oh, yeah. to listen to that record i listened to the oh first cut
0: it's really awesome by the way oh
1: <sighs> I'm such I love, a fan. I love him I'm so such much. a fan,
0: dude. Yeah. I do too.
1: I really do too. Yeah, but you know, like I find that, and I like you know, Kevin Morby, great example. I love indie rock. I live and breathe indie rock music. Same. You know, among so many other things. But like when you think about you know that as a as a quote unquote scene or a community or whatever you want to call it, it's super flavor of the week. You know. And Mm. you can be hot for a minute, and then you can be super not hot for a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. And people come Mm -hmm. see you once, and then you put out one bad record, and then it's like...
0: Right. Pitchfork writes you a bad review, and you're like, uh...
1: Right. And there are these young bands that, you know, like, live and die by each single they put out, you know what I mean? Which is just a cutthroat. It's a cutthroat kind of kind of sphere, you know, whereas I just feel like the jam band folk are just so like that, you know, look, at, I've seen fish 110 times, you know, people keep going to see the same thing. And, you know, because you never know what you're going to expect by virtue of, uh, you know, all this improvisation that we do and totally all, totally all of that, you know, so I don't know, I think it's a really amazing thing. But to that, to that token, you know, I, I want to write I, like when people ask me what my record is, I'm like, it's it's like psychedelic, it's like indie pop rock drenched in psychedelia, you know? Yeah. With obviously jam undertones and moments and things that you know are very recognizable to people who like this music, you know, and yeah. whatever. But like, I want to write song songs, song songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah, are- yeah. Totally you know and i think that's important to me and and not all jam bands want to do that You the, know what
0: I mean. the songs are important for you you like having like a tight you know four or five minute thing i'm sure you jam those out but yeah it's uh the best bands have the best songs i'd have to say
1: songs are songs man they're kind but in, of important
0: but in, but in terms of you know you're talking about going to shows and seeing fish and that we're you know um apart from the jammy elements if we're talking about the jam band scene, it's about the vibe, as you well know. It's a, that's 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 why that's such a great lane. It's so it's true. the vibe and the energy and the love that's going on at those shows um, that is really sets it apart from other genres, in my view. Couldn't,
1: not that, that, agree not that, that that's
0: not going on at other shows, but I go to a lot of shows. I've been to a lot of jam band shows. There's that is a different level of energy. That's a different level of commitment. That's a different level of listening.
1: I think you're so right. I think you're so right. And it's 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 a lifestyle in a way that other scene. I, I think the metal scene is very much a lifestyle, you know? And yeah, that's a yeah, very yeah. tightly knit community uh, of folk who, who wear that shit on their sleeves, much like, you know, people who are... You know, Jerry approved man, fucking Jerry you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's definitely it's uh it's a it's a thing that's it's not a hobby, even if it is your hobby, you know what I mean? It's right. it's ingrained, it's tattooed on your heart. That's kind of a thing. You and know? on
0: your body, yeah.
1: And on your body. Cherry's hand on my ass? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> ink free. I'm ink oh, free, man. Ink wait, wait, free. hold
0: on. Wait, we got a, we got another road case exclusive coming up.
1: <laughs> here, I'm turning around. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: no, 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 no. No tattoos.
1: No tattoos. Not no tattoos and no piercings on your girl, Nate. There you go. For life. For right on. Life. I'm, yeah, I'm same hair. Same hair. Oh, well, nice.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true? Re- Speaking of tattoos, sadly, to make this analogy, but I I read that your grandparents were Holocaust survivors?
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So My there's a background
0: saw. there with that as well. Like... Jews or not, you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have a tattoo. Oh, not right. That that's my like my goal. I mean, I'm Jewish. You know. Uh, uh, oh, right on. Member of the yeah. tribe. What's up? Yeah,
1: how are we doing? I'm a member. How, are how are I doing?
0: you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Today's uh, Shabbat Shalom, by the way. uh ah, respect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, oh, yeah. That's right. It's a Friday. It's a. <laughs> that's that. That's how practicing I am. But like, uh, you know, totally yeah being jewish is like even non-jews are jewish in new york city so like the homeless guy in the corner is like happy happy new year on russia Hashanah, right totally
1: he's having a schmear and a black and white you know i gotta he gotta appreciate
0: yeah did you grow up in the so you grew up in a jewish household or your your grandparents are immigrants obviously on one side of your family or both
1: yeah so on my mom's side my mom you know my mom's parents, uh, were, you know, Polish Jews and got captured in Poland and were in the concentration camp for, you know, a few years there. And then they were actually on a train to their death. And then the Americans liberated that train and then set them free. And they were like, Jews run free. And they happened to be in Belgium. And so my grandparents just settled in Brussels, had it happened to be mother. in Belgium at
0: that time when that train that, was- yes. Oh exactly. wow! So, went, so they d- got liberated they were evacuating there, evacuating people from having discovered them in hiding or something in in exactly, Western and they were
1: like, "Go, go, 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 go!" You know?
0: <laughs> wow! Wow! And, so this and so they so move, and they were kid. Your grandparents were kids at the time.
1: They were roughly teenagers. They were yeah, teenagers. Yeah, they yeah. were, you know, uh, but upper teenagers and maybe even early twenties. I want to wow, say they were, so many you like know. Them
0: insane stories like every story is just so different unfortunately and crazy yeah to leave poland and go to belgium and then like
1: and then so my mother you know when people ask yeah right and my mom's from Brussels, you know, my mom's first language mm. is French. My mom's the head of the mm. French department at Barnard. Yeah, 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 uh, I
0: saw that, yeah. Oh, yeah, at Barnard yeah. now? Oh, that's part of um, Columbia. It's
1: Columbia. It's, yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's right. the right. sister situation, but she's, you know, yeah, she's yeah. had that job for like 44 years or something completely right. crazy. Um, wow. But my mom's French by virtue of that, you know, but two Polish Jews get liberated in Belgium, have my mother and her brother, Mark, and then uh, when my mom was 14, they immigrated to... Uh, Toronto And then when my mom was like I think 27 Or something like that She came to New York and was like This is I will live and die To <laughs> to be here you know But I'll tell you this um, We're not we're you know obviously Culturally speaking I'm wildly Tied to you know Judaism as such You know and mm. in that way But we are not practicing Jews By any stretch of the imagination Like and, and my grand No Oh, okay. And my grand, my grandparents weren't practicing, you know, in terms of anything like, you know, like strict religiosity either. But of course, persecuted for their
0: Judaism and that whatnot. That doesn't you matter. Know? Yeah. I mean, doesn't like, matter, I, you know? people are like, oh, you don't go to the high holidays? I you know, like I'm Jewish. That's
1: oh, exactly. No, like you and does. I, we can definitely relate on that. No, we I've never done. My family's never had a Seder. Like we don't yeah. do any uh, of yeah, these yeah, sort yeah, of. Yeah. Uh, well, you're
0: a level you lower know? than I am. there you go but
1: when you think about and I you know I'm I'm wildly tied to my family and the story and the history and the you know what i mean like it's i definitely don't find that just because you know we're come from a long jewish tradition of atheism that you know it's uh it that that makes me any less of a proud jew you know what i mean i'm like oh no
0: no totally i mean you're uh, you're speaking to a member of the tribe it's like the same vibe with me (laughs) i i i appreciate it as a background and a culture and an ethnicity and i like the traditions and the stories and the vibe but i don't i don't practice yeah Yeah. i'm like no (laughs) that's a no from me. from a religious (laughs) standpoint it's kind of like a no (laughs) totally
1: and my dad my dad's a half jew his dad uh full same polish jew same vibe and his mother completely wasp from carlisle pennsylvania so i have one one of four grandparents one outlier yeah, is a uh, is a waspy uh, person from Pennsylvania, and I never, I only ever met my paternal ma- no, my maternal grandfather. The rest, all my grandparents were dead by the time I was born, so ah, okay, I never, okay. I never knew him except for good old Papo, but he died when I was thirteen, so it's been a minute. But uh, amazing shit, man, amazing shit. I'm and so I'm where'd so, you get the musicality you know.
0: from? Were they musical? Were they, was there was there is there a no. musical tradition in your in your family?
1: Not even a little bit. I mean, you know, a little bit. You know, there's uh, there's the great Alexander uh, Reichman, Reichman spelled R A J C H M A N, who was like the the head of the Warsaw Philharmonic or some crazy ass shit like that. Like there's, you know, if you trace it back, yeah, there was some heady thing. You could definitely go on like a Reichman Wikipedia rabbit hole and see like all this crazy (laughs) shit which is really crazy. But, you know, my dad, I, I, I was just talking about this the other night. My dad actually grew up playing a little piano. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I was, like, in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, like, we used to, like, duet a little bit. There was a little of that going on. But nice. really, there was barely, you know, by my standards, any music going on in my household from yeah, my parents. Yeah. Like, my dad listened to Bach while he writes, you uh-huh. know, and still does and whatever. There's some Brazilian music around the house but like yeah, i yeah. i had to discover the beatles on my own i had to discover oh, no the you didn't Stones even, you didn't even
0: have like the classic albums hanging around i mean no. my dad was not very musical but he had a couple albums hanging around
1: sure yeah. no that would yeah. have been wildly helpful i wouldn't have had to turn into a savant you know musicologist <laughs> scholar at the age right. of 10 if uh right. if they had been lying around that would have been great
0: yeah. No, it was all.
1: But I. Well, how lucky were cause... you that
0: you were at the, you were in New York City? I've you know you were going to Almond Brothers shows and you were doing oh my all god. kinds of shit. You were seeing fish and you were you were going. Oh. To, we're, weren't you in high school with Trey's kids?
1: Yeah, yeah, middle school and and oh, middle yeah, school, oh my god, yeah, and I yeah, and I had I had so many. And my my best friend Isaac, who I co-host the Osiris podcast, uh, Inappropriate Happiness with. Now you know oh, okay. Isaac just was his family was super into music and took me all around. And I was always blown away by like, you know, his dad's musicality, not a musician himself, but just deeply into the blues and all just like this classic shit where I was like, man, I wish I had this guy to teach me about music when I was growing up. Well,
0: but maybe had this guy been your dad or whatever, you maybe not have, you can go either way, you know? And the fact of the matter is that you fall in with whomever you're going to fall in with. My, my parents were not necessarily musical, but I picked up guitar when I was 12 or 13 and fell in with kids. And I was a super athlete as a kid. But then I started falling in with kids around my block and these incredible guitar players that were living in my neighborhood in L.A. Um, wow. In Studio City. And and then it just kind of took off for me. And I'm like, what the fuck? I want to jam with <laughs> these guys. I'll never be as good as them. But just let me play a couple bar chords and I'll be happy while you guys Hell do your yeah. thing. That's yeah. That's amazing. So you yeah, just dude, you know, you no, fall I, in with you. what you, yeah, right?
1: And, and there's you something know, inside. I, I when there's something inside. It, of course. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And honestly, you know, the fact that I have this, like, it's like animal magnetism, but like towards music, you know what mm. I mean? I'm just like, I was so drawn to it and so needed to be, a, like, know everything about it. You know, I wanted to know, you know, 1955 through present rock and roll, everything, all of yeah. it, you know? And yeah. I just went so deep as, like, you know, a middle school or a high school or the whole nine. And it's still, it's a lifelong, just like wanting to amass as much knowledge as possible. But like, I, I at least know that there was no parent who spoon fed me that shit. And it's my desire and not somebody else's desire. Do you know what Well, I mean? you would have
0: come to understand that too. I mean, you're 28 yeah. years old. That would have like <laughs> been a thing at some point, right? But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Like you're you know proud I mean? that it came from just inside you.
1: And That's that you developed cool. it on your
0: own. It was like organic.
1: It's at least not, you know, like, there, there's something really to the fact that it's organic, you know what I mean? And I think, uh-huh. I think desire as such, you know, I think so many people don't know what they like and don't know what they want, and I feel horrible for them, cause, At the very least, you know, whether I end up in a ditch or not, it doesn't even fucking matter because I know what I like so much. Yeah. And um... I like fucking music and I like food and laughter and jumping around and being ridiculous and cracking jokes with my friends. That's what I like. You know what I mean? I'm a very simple bitch at the end of the day. (laughs) And it's, and that's fucking important. Like, you know, I, I really, I. I want I want to spread that Or Not even just Not my joy of those things But just The fact that like I enjoy these things so much And I hope everybody finds The shit that they enjoy You know what I mean Like it's it's so yeah, important it's a gift and it, and... to
0: like, to be in the lane that you love, really. I mean, I didn't find yeah. that out until way down the line in my own life for like a number of different reasons, but, you know, sure. at least I did for sure. And, um, you're lucky that, you know, you, you just seem to have that enthusiasm mixed with perseverance and, or, or are they kind of both really, do you think that the enthusiasm of the business gives you that impetus to just continue to do it as hard as you possibly can because you love it?
1: it's it's just i think it's just intrinsic love of it that informs Mm. everything and i don't Mm. even conceive of it like i know like i just i just i like doing it i like okay so what are the challenges
0: you come on you can't tell me you love fucking everything though karina
1: Well, I am going to, when we hang up the phone, Josh, I'm going to send you a photo of me in what we colloquially refer to as the death crack in the van, which is like, you know, like where you put your feet, you know? (laughs) I sleep in that death crack. Like, if we have a long drive, catch me never, because I am asleep in that thing for like seven hours, (laughs) and then I like pass up the credit card for the gas, and the boys take care of it. I'm like, sayonara, fellas. I'll see you in six (laughs) hours, you know? Which you know is probably one of the more ratchet things that I do. uh, Nice, good (laughs) to know. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, So yeah, do I love sleeping in the death crack? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's uh, (laughs) it's uh, yeah. No, there there are you know so many challenges. It's challenging. Again, this Mm. is a thing that you you go down the road of this. You know. I have a very excellent mentor who told me the other day, he's like, Karina, you're not in the results business. You're in the having fun business. Yeah. And that hit me very hard. And I think that's accurate because again, like, I'm not in the, you know, whether it's, it's, <laughs> you, like we've been talking about, you can't force people to fuck with you. You can't take the public and be like, "Hey, guess what? Here's my music. You're gonna love it." Maybe they don't love it. Why should yeah. they? Who am I? What? How good is my music? Why? Do, why should they even give two fucks about what I have going right, on? You right, know what I right. mean. So, with that said, you know, it's it's about to me. The it's about the moments. It's about the laughter with other people. It's about the yeah, music yeah. with other people, you know. You're
0: saying do what you love, basically. Is that, that's all you can do? I mean, you can't take a single and go, you're going to love this. I mean, you can think that you could say that, but unless you really do and it's a labor of love and you've put it out there because it's really what you want to do then you're kind of like pissing up a rope, basically. Well,
1: let's say let's say I put out my record and nobody likes it. Let's say I put out my record and everybody thinks it's the most contrived drivel of all time, right? Mm, yeah. Guess what? Did I have fun making the record? Oh, yeah. Did I have fun touring behind the record? Oh, yeah. Did I have fun at every single rehearsal? Oh, yeah. Even the moments that are tough, even the moments where I get a headache because I am trying to figure out... You know, what octave I should play this line on and like, you know, should I harmonize with Adam November, my guitar player and do this weird chromatic movement that's going to make it sound awesome. Like, you know, you sweat over these things, but that's, I enjoy even the moments that I'm sweating over. I enjoy, you should see all this crazy ass. I'm like a, I'm, you know, nobody can see this, but like, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm like, to weird me like a bunch of weird handwritten notes. Yeah, totally.
1: Handwritten notes. So and those are like notes and, for
0: each song and like, just Oh my God. Yeah.
1: All of these things. And just like, you know, I'm, I'm like a mad scientist in here and I drive myself absolutely crazy trying to come up with like the dopest way to do something, you know what I mean? Right. And, right. And, and who knows if it's the dopest way, who cares? But I love the process, you know, it really it just boils down it's, that's to that. That's like,
0: like a thousand percent authentic. It's like all you can do, really. You can't, there's no predicting. I've talked to so many artists about just like, what is it out there? What is it, what is that universality that makes a song or like a band or a groove um, gain a level of popularity? Um, and well, first of all, what is popularity anyway? But it's really being your own authentic self from an artist's perspective, putting it out there and doing what you love the most and that that comes across.
1: That's great. That's that's all you can do, you know? And yeah. and I and I agree with you and it's, you know, success or otherwise like, you know, again, like to me the success that I'm quote unquote looking for quote unquote is to mm-hmm. be able to stay at the blackjack table. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, it right. literally is just about and what I mean by that is 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 literally just to be able to keep doing it. That's all, you know what I mean? I don't want a Ferrari. I don't want, uh, you know, <laughs> anything. There aren't any, you know, the bells and whistles of success beyond just being able to keep playing with my friends and creating shit that moves me mm-hmm. in hopes that it moves other people. That's all I want, you know. I don't yeah. have any sort of lofty. I have literally zero lofty or, or otherwise, like, material desires at all. Really, like, which is, you know, I think other people, you know, think differently. I don't think in those terms. I really just want to keep making records and touring and playing and just like, I just like the atmosphere, you know? Like, I like, even if it's a shitty bar in the middle of Go Fuck yourselves, Bill. like, I, I think it's just great. <laughs> To have the load in and then the leave this guy and then the happy-go-lucky this guy. And then me and my crew, you know, we were like, oh, this guy was really having a bad day. Oh, huh? wow, what a pain cave that was. That was, <laughs> you know, I, right. yeah, I like pulling teeth, this monitor guy. Oh, uh, I, I got to switch professions. I think I'd be a great monitor guy. Why does nobody <laughs> get it right? I don't know how nobody knows to dial back the 2K. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like just like the, the riffing, the camaraderie the fun surrounding it, you know. And people take this shit like I think sometimes too seriously, you know. And I and I admire people who take I always take what you do seriously, not yourself seriously, I which I totally I like to think I fall into that, but like Yeah. And I learned so much of this from Marco. It's supposed to be fun. If this shit wasn't supposed to be fun, we'd be investment bankers. And at (laughs) least we'd be sad and rich. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here if it's not... It's an adventure. It's a ride. It's a feeling. It's a community. It's like... And, you know, you do enough of this and whatever. I go to these festivals. I'm like, oh, my God. It's you, the stagehand from the other thing. Oh, my God. Like, I only see you... (laughs) once every other year so good to see you again like it's the moments with the people man to me it's about moments with people
0: yeah totally, and totally. it's important
1: shit you know
0: yeah yeah well i'm I'm excited for the new album i know um Thanks, so you told me there's a couple of um a, of the plants and elevator are on the album um what else can we expect like and do you have like sort of a date in mind is there anything kind of
1: oh baby i mean we sh- i wish i had more to divulge at this present moment we literally just got the final mixes back so that's like we've we've turned we've turned a corner <laughs> yeah <laughs> On, on all that. Still need to get it mastered. So no, no release date as of yet, but hand to jaw. I really hope it comes out this year. But if I were a betting woman, it probably will come out first quarter of next year, but that's okay because leading it, you know, it's all about the lead up, right? That means yeah, we sure. get singles and music videos and press and radio, like all that shit that leads up to it. Yeah. By the way, while we're on the subject of shit that I love.
0: Yes, tell me. I
1: love I love shit like that. I, yes. lo- I, you know, oh my God, like
0: You like to promos. talk to people and like, yeah. oh man, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Can you tell? <laughs> I love all that shit. I just like, you know, or whatever. It's just like, oh, you got to go to this radio station and do this and whatever. And, you know, it's going to be a hurry up and wait. I love hurrying up to wait. Everybody hates it. Really? I love it. Oh my God. And I love bright lights that... Are painful to sit under. And I love, you know, the PA like talking into a walkie talkie and being like, oh, Karina, you're, you're, you have to be here now. You know what I mean? Like, I love like just shit like that. Anyway, so we'll, we'll definitely. We'll see, and I wish I had more hot gossip for you. uh, No, hey, look,
0: I'm just sort of just exploring it and figuring out where we're at. It's not like looking at gossip or anything like that. No,
1: I know. I just, I say hot goss all the time. I'm like, where's the hot goss at? Um, (laughs) But no, I wish I I had more concrete um, album release stuff for you, but not quite. I'm just so excited. I've been working on this for so long. And I just am so psyched to have, like, a complete body of work, you know? Well, no, this it, is pretty so concrete.
0: Cool. Like, it's coming out. You're getting into the mastering pro- uh, process and, you know, it might be coming out first quarter next year. That's all good. That's all good. Totally. Yeah, We're yeah. Are it. you playing some of the other material off of the album in your live set?
1: Have been. Have been. Definitely road testing it. There's a uh, a song called Joyride that we've mm-hmm. been opening with as of late, and that's been mm-hmm. fun. Uh, there's a tune nice. called Beacon. And a tune called Trampoline that have definitely crept in uh, mm-hmm. here and there over the last maybe five months, I want to say, and that's been really yeah. fun to road test. And uh, and there, are, oh, there's a tune called Skylark slash Slow Lark that has crept mm-hmm. in as well, and that uh, that even was around last summer. So yeah, we are definitely yeah. easing easing into it, easing right into on, it. Right it's on, yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah, it's, it's cool good. to it's it's funny when you play stuff that you know isn't out so people have no chance of having an emotional connection to the song yet. You know what I mean? You're just playing a song nobody's ever heard before.
0: Mm. And it's
1: always an interesting test of what, you know, does it work? Does it not work? Will they connect to it more when it's out? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Are you
0: more nervous playing like that kind of material than you are ordinarily? Like, Oh, what's the reaction going to be? And are you like hyper aware of any kind of reaction during the song? Yes. Like what's that? look? Very like much you? so.
1: Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm worried sick about it. I'm <laughs> like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I, to bring uh, it
0: up. Oh <laughs> no. It's okay.
1: It's okay. It's just like, Oh shit. You know, how like, does this translate, you know? And, and then I think of myself as a, you know a fervent concert goer and audience member you know and like when when you're going and you see the band that like you know you love their records and whatnot but they're like playing the new single and whatever yeah you know i've i've been guilty of being like okay all right that's cool all right right, let's let's hear some hits let's hear some some songs i know you know (laughs) it's like because that that desire to sing along you know that i think people have
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean it's kind of like oh the band that I listen to all the time and my headset is now playing in front of me Like let's hear it right. There's an element of that. That's fair, you know, I think it's totally
1: fair I think it's totally fair. So, you know, I'm trying to Road test some of the new stuff and and not give a fuck about the fact that people haven't heard it while also being You know (laughs) Cautious well not well I don't know. Just trying to trying to figure all that out, and trying to do some yeah. of it, not too much of it. Trying to see the reaction. Trying to like, you know, if they don't react as much as I'd like them to, not be flipped out, and just be like, "Wait till you hear the recording, guys. Wait till yeah, you really. wait till you hear the recording."
0: Yeah, I mean, well, um, you got to follow your own advice. Like, as long as you're doing what you love, you know, that's. But that is sort of something that can get into your head, I suppose. You know, it's like totally. gotta be tough. You know. Oh um, my god you're such a high energy person and you love what you're doing before you get up on stage. Is there like a moment where you're kind of, Oh, you know, maybe nerves set in or something, some anxiety sets in, like, where are you at with that?
1: It, um, it, it depends on, on the gig. It Mm -hmm. really depends Mm -hmm. on the gig. I'm thinking like, you know, if, if there's, you know, we call them clutch cargo gigs, you know, I know I'm Mm -hmm. about, I'm playing Red Rocks in like, 10 days or something i know when i set foot and like oh I'm, hell
0: yeah
1: i'm gonna be nervous as shit you know and just is that the like, first oh time boy. you're playing yeah totally oh, shit.
0: It's, and it's my first time there
1: i've never even seen a show there so it's a whole like, oh
0: holy shit wow double I know. whammy. i yeah, i'm like so fucked up so as a fan up by and it. as a performer <laughs> all of the above <laughs> that's, exciting. You know? that's exciting that's exciting
1: it's super exciting and like you know at peach fest this year i know that i'm playing the main stage which is like a huge amphitheater and i'm like oh my fucking god like you know i'm but at least like i'm preemptively nervous for these things you know Mm -hmm. and i definitely am like okay like you know this one it's the ones that you like work up in your head to being like a big deal you know Mm -hmm. those i'm like okay here we go but otherwise
0: you mean like these two you know
1: like those two and I'm about to play Bonnaroo. Uh, I'm like, yeah, ooh, yeah. like, but but even that, I'm less nervous about because, like, I don't know, we're like up against like Jay Cole, you know. We play like 9 p.m. on the Friday on the Who stage. Like, I don't, that's, I don't know who's going to be there. Like, but if I get there and there, are, you know, thousands of people out there, and then they're. You know, waiting for me, I'll be like, "Oh shit!" Like this
0: is. Do you usually pre-game plan the scenario like this? Pre-game plan the scenario like this, or just because it's 100%. like these? Get- yeah, you do. Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: in in terms of does like, does that get you, know, you
0: hype, or does it get you? Does it work against you?
1: You know, a little bit of, a little bit of both. I think it just helps me wrap my head around like these. You know. <laughs> these, it's all just moments in time, right? That we prepare yeah. for as uh-huh. gigging people. People with, you know, it's like, okay, this is going to go down on May 26th and then it will be over forever, you know? So it's like, you brace yourself for these kind of what you work up to be quote unquote big moments in your life mm-hmm. or moments yeah. that you think are going to be big moments, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, like for something like that, like Red Rocks is being streamed. That makes me nervous I'm like okay like that opens it up to so much more and like you know are the audio people gonna be on it like is this gonna be you know I don't know I'm afraid of technical difficulties I'm afraid of all these like things going wrong so you just like you know they cross your mind weeks before the event and then hopefully by the time you're actually like in the artist transport vehicle going to Red Rocks about to sound check, you're like, all right, let's just take this in. Like we got it. Like these are, again, it's the moments, it's the moments like that's, you know, will that ever happen again to me? Probably not. I don't know if it will, you know, so me setting, like standing on stage at Red Rocks, I'm going to be, and then by the way, once we're going, I'm off to the races. I don't, I'm not nervous for a fucking second. Except, I'll tell you what, I'm nervous when I'm yeah, yeah. playing new shit. When I'm playing shit that I have not fully embodied yet. Cause yeah. most of my tunes at this point, I've fully embodied them. I know exactly what pedal to hit at what time, what I'm gonna do. Di- like, you know, it becomes a part of you. But some, like when you're playing new shit, you can feel a little like. Out of your element at the yeah, at yeah, the beginning, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. it'll be well, great That's why yeah. for those you just got to hit it's them with the shit You, you got to hit them with what you do best, you know,
0: <laughs> right? There you go. There you go yeah. Well, that's exciting. You got an exciting summer these three different you know, this this peach fest red rocks bonnaroo all kinds of other festivals sitting in Doing your own thing. It's just um, i'm super hyped for it karina This is just um, and it's been so awesome to get to know you and uh and Dude. just soak up the enthusiasm for a little bit and learn about the uh, the death crack. Is it called the death crack? What is that?
1: It's called the death crack. I'm going to send oh, you a okay. photo Did, of it. Yeah, yeah it's please totally. do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's really yeah. wholesome. It's a wholesome I'm not wholesome well shit. familiar
0: with the death crack, but it sounds like not such a great place to to hang out.
1: <laughs> Josh, may you never make it there. May you
0: never make it there. <laughs> Hopefully it's like you don't spend too much time down there during the winter with all the crap on people's shoes and stuff. Oh, and, oh man. That just well. sounds like a horror, horror show. <laughs> You know it's not good, good for I need you, a good but. bed and good sleep, but you're a lot totally. younger than I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we make it work. You gotta make it work. I for, totally. for for all of your uh your kind listeners, just letting you know I don't we don't you know, there are hotels at night, but there's death crack during the day. There's definitely a death crack option during the day. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, this is this isn't as ratchet as it could be. Just letting you guys know.
0: Just Here's the you know. disclaimer. This is this disclaimer portion of the podcast.
1: Just, you know, clearing my name. People are like, oh, God, that poor girl. Oh, she sleeps in the death crack on tour for a month. Oh, my God. It's like, well, just, you know, during the day if the mood strikes. And yeah, they yeah. Just buy a ticket
0: out of pity because she's not getting good sleep. Oh, and like, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. She needs it's your hard support. out there. guys. It's so hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Oh, it's great.
0: Uh, thanks so much, Karina. It's been just such so much fun to talk to you. I could just sit here for hours and just, uh, and just hear your stories and talk to you. And just, um, you're awesome. Good luck oh, to you thanks, and like, uh, yeah, yeah. Good luck with the new album and I hope to catch you out there somewhere.
1: Dude. So mutual. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for your wonderful thought provoking and, uh, and pleasant line of questioning. This was such a, a breath of fresh air. really enjoyed thanks it. Thanks so
0: much. Thanks so much. I haven't got pleasant yet, but I'm glad that it's pleasant. I'm glad it wasn't unpleasant. It was unpleasant, I, guess. <laughs> oh,
1: I I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Let me tell you, <laughs> I do quite oh, really? a few of these and this was a very pleasant one. So w- thank what you. What
0: were the expectations coming in?
1: Oh, you know, just degradation and filth, you know, just absolutely, you know, (laughs) I was prepared for the worst. Oh, it's going to be absolutely horrible. No, I'm just kidding. I'm (laughs) totally kidding. I expected you to be nothing short of lovely, but you more than lived up to the expectation and it was a wonderful chat. I really
0: appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Karina.
1: Of course. Take care.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Okay, that was the one and only... Karina Reichman uh, talking to me on Roadcase. I just really loved that conversation. She's just uh, an absolute ball of energy, uh, fun, entertaining, quirky, uh, funny. It's just, um, uh, she's really just just uh, just a total entertainer you know she just loves um, she's super comfortable in the spotlight she even talks about uh, being up on stage and uh, you know we talked about uh, the kind of configuration of being in a power trio and letting her uh, uh, kind of shine up in that position up front uh, and just being able to uh, really breathe her own personality into her performance which is really uh, as you can tell she's just a really wonderful at what she does, uh, just uh, loves everything about music, and uh, you know her excitement and her enthusiasm for both playing. Live and all that entails and touring and uh loading in, loading out, moving from one venue to the other, setting up, doing what everything needs to do it's just wonderful to hear all of that enthusiasm and it's uh it's totally infectious i'm just I'm psyched uh just uh kind of talking about it again, and you know she talks about um just trying to just be what her real authentic self is you know she wants to have fun uh, doing what she loves, and that's where the real authenticity comes out that uh you know success to her means, in her own words, to be able to simply keep doing it, Uh, you know, and she loves everything about the business. Um, And like she said, she learned from Marco that, you know, this is supposed to be fun and if it weren't fun, um, then it's just too much work uh, to do something that you weren't, that you're not having fun at, and she just has that wonderful energy about her that I, I really love that. She's got her very first album coming out. Uh, there's no title to it right now. Uh, she said maybe at the end of this year, probably, she said, kind of into uh, the first part of 2023. Uh, like I said, there's a couple of singles out there that are going to be on the album. Uh, singles that she released in 2019. One is called Plants. The other is called Elevator. So I encourage you to go check those out. Uh, She's got one really great video. uh, Well, actually, several great videos on her YouTube channel. So go check that out. You can find out more information on her website as well. Uh, She is playing several different festival dates this year. She's playing Red Rocks on the day after the publication of this episode. So in other words, May 26, she's also playing Peach Fest and Bonnaroo and also Sacred Rose that's here in Chicago, among other festivals. So you can find out where she's playing Uh, And more information about Karina at her website. Uh, Thanks again to everyone for being here for this episode with Karina Reichman. I'm so glad that you were along for the ride for this one. And I want to send a special thank you to the one and only Karina Reichman for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Roadcase. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at RoadcasePod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Road Case pod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road.